Hello and welcome to another edition of our Rutgers Scarlet Nation podcast. I am Bobby Darren of the 24-7 Sports Network. Uh, we're here to talk some Rutgers football recruiting. A lot going on during this time. It's an eventful time of year. So to sort out through everything that's going on, I brought in uh, my close confidant recruiting guru extraordinaire. Uh, Sean, I try to give you a big intro every time. I, I feel like I don't want to duplicate it. So without further ado, I have Sean Brown here with me, recruiting analyst, uh, vet on the uh, recruiting scene, and, and really a, a guy who's really tied in. Sean, welcome, and thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure, Bobby. Pleasure to speak with you in this, in this uh, platform. So, Okay, and, uh, you know, let's just jump right into the nuts and bolts of it. You know, um, signing day came and went. Not a lot of fanfare with the class of 2022. Uh, you know, the, the signing day now is kind of an afterthought uh, following the early signing period, which many believe that's the real signing day now. But, you know, Rutgers brought in a bunch of walk-ons, signed a bunch of transfers. But uh, a day before signing day, they announced the first commit of the class of 2023, John Stone, an offensive lineman from from the town that I live in, Sean, Washington Township. And this guy was under the radar for a while. I mean, 5'10", when he started his high school career, now he shot up to 6'3 Are you surprised to, to, to see the class start with an offensive lineman? They brought in seven in the class of 2022 and they brought in four transfers from other colleges that's 11 new offensive linemen um are are you surprised that it started out this way you know no only because they really emphasized how important uh, the trenches are in the program and stone is a guy that they they liked quite a bit when you look at the recruiting area and the offers that are out they're they're guys that are outside of the traditional state of Rutgers that may be tougher pulls for the staff, but with Stone, he's a guy, he's right in their wheelhouse, you know, Washington Township, that program is not heavily recruited. They had the uh, the Allen kid uh, who signed with Fordham last year. I think he was committed to Utah State at one point in time, but not. it's not a school that, you know, most colleges that recruit South Jersey are, they, they have on their list, you know, so a little under the radar in that way, but you know, credit all the, the ties in the staff, guys like Dan Spittle, that were a long-time uh, high school coach in the area. Obviously, Fran Brown being the, the main contact in, in that part of the state for identifying him, you know, let him fly under the radar a bit, and then, you know, probably surprising to them, locking them up relatively quickly once they offered him. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, really, you know, it was kind of a – he said it was kind of a no-brainer for him in, in speaking with him, you know, really had a lot to offer, said he's not wavering from it. And, you know, there could be more offensive linemen on the horizon when it comes to commits. I know you spoke with Eric King of St. Peter's Prep, uh, class of 2023 offensive lineman. Rutgers has been on him for quite some time. Uh, you know, what are you seeing there, Sean? You know, Rutgers continues to do a really good job with Eric King. They they had him back uh, in January before the dead period started for a visit. And he he has a lot of strong ties. The, the one main time most people knew, uh, you know, he's a childhood friend of the former first commitment in the class, Jasir Peterson of Union City. But he's also built a really strong bond with with Todd White, with those guys both, you know, being from Todd being from Brooklyn, but Hudson County guys and the way Eric explained it to me, they played against each other in youth ball. So they were familiar with each other. And he's also built a relationship with uh, Nelson Montenegro of Union City, you know, another signing in, in the 2022 class. And 
the, the bond has been built there. Like you mentioned, Bobby Rutgers has been on him for a long time. They've, they've, you know, made it clear to him, you know, how, how much they want him, you know, how heavily, you know, you know, they are recruiting him in their effort. Augie Hoffman, who has, you know, really hit the ground running in the college game since he joined the Rutgers staff, has, has been the lead guy uh, in that recruitment. You know, uh, Scott Malone, offensive assistant, uh, Andy Ulrich, O-line coach, uh, have all had a hand in it. And King really feels the love from the Rutgers staff. And, you know, his plan was to visit Rutgers and, and also try to get to Syracuse uh, before the dead period. But as it happened with the the bad weather that we've had recently, uh, the weekend he was supposed to get up to Syracuse, it, it snowed heavily and it was just difficult for him to to get up there. So, you know, he, he's always wanted to make the earlier decision. You know, Rutgers has, has been in the mix for a long time. I think uh, Brian Doan has had a, a crystal ball on King for a while now. And, you know, if, you know, if you're a betting man, it, that would be an educated decision to, to follow Brian's lead on that um, prediction. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, I know you've seen Eric in some camps and, and whatnot. What, what do you think his strong points are and, and what does he bring to the table as a recruit? You know, he's, he's really athletic. Um, he, he plays tackle for St. Peter's Prep. And, you know, we talked a lot about it with with Choir Price and, you know, DJ Sam was those guys, just how good the trench talent is in that league. When you when you look on paper and, and you see the guys that the respective offensive and defensive linemen are playing against on a weekly basis that in, in the Northeast and, and probably in the country, it's one of the, the toughest leagues for high school ball, especially for that region. Uh, but you see how athletic King is, you know, how well he moves in, in space, um, you know, being able to stay in front of guys. I mean, size-wise, he, he projects to be an inside guy. I could see him uh, being a center uh, if that doesn't work, you know, possibly being a guard, you know, wherever he ends up. Uh, but really athletic guy, um, really gets after. He actually, he admitted to me, he didn't have the best year this past season, you know, and, and mm -hmm. you don't, you don't hear too many high school guys say that, you know, most high school guys are like, Hey, I'm, I'm the top guy. Um, but, but King, very honest. He said, you know, I didn't, I didn't have the, the best year um, compared to my sophomore year. Uh, you know, he, and his coaches told him that actually it was funny. He admitted to me that, his conversation with uh with Coach Greg Shiano, he he said the same thing, and that's one of the things he likes about Shiano is is the honesty. You know, you got a lot of college coaches that that you know just pump sunshine up and you know say, hey, you're you're my guy no matter what. And he he liked the honest approach in Coach Shiano saying, hey, you know what what happened this year? Where where do you think you could improve from what we saw your sophomore year? Uh, so he really appreciates the honesty that he gets from the Rutgers staff, uh, but really athletic guy, um, you know, plays great talent. Like I said, on a weekly basis, hard worker, you know, he, he's uh, you know, pretty level-headed kid. And, and you saw it, we got a chance to watch him work up close with the Rutgers coaches in the summer camp this year when you had the group, it was him, uh, Chase Pizantis was in that group. Jasir Peterson was in that group that probably the headliners working with Ulrich and Shiano and, um, you know, took really well to the coaching that the Rutgers staff was giving him throughout the course of the camp, you know, working inside, playing a little tackle as well. Um, so, you know, not tackle size, but has tackle like athleticism, which mm -hmm. can really translate uh, well at the college level. And, you know, I was going to ask you, you touched on him uh, there briefly, uh, Chase Pesantis, another one I wanted to ask you about, you know, uh, he's the, the top 
ranked player in New Jersey in the class of 2023, 103 nationally, and the number 11th ranked offensive tackle in the nation. Rutgers, you know, was on the outside looking in, and everything I'm hearing, you know, starting to gain ground. Uh, it's 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 a busy, you know, a busy recruitment, a tight race, but it, it looks like they're going to be a player there at least down the stretch. I don't know if they'll get them, but um, what, what do you see there, and how has that recruitment kind of evolved? Yeah, you know, it, it's funny because it, it's literally the, the same thing. That same weekend when when King was up or that, that same day when King was up for the, uh, I think it was the CHOP 23 camp this summer, you know, Chase also made it. And at that point in time, it seemed like Rutgers was on the outside looking in. Um, he was, you know, getting offers from all around the country, was speaking more about other schools. And I, I remember I had interviewed him earlier in the summer and, you know, my opinion, just speaking into the phone, he didn't seem to be that interested at Rutgers at that point, but he, he was hearing him out. But surprisingly, he, he showed up for camp that day. And I think you know me and Brian were there like, oh, Chase is here. Okay. You know, it's always good to see the top guys, see him work out. And, you know, he worked out closely with the coaches there. They hung out, you know, for essentially the whole night after the camp was over. You know, you, you reach out to the, these kids afterwards, you leave camp, like, no, we're still hanging out, playing video games. And in speaking to Chase immediately after that, it seemed like his whole opinion of Rutgers changed after that point with what the program had and what the program could provide for him. And, you know, as he, he hasn't officially narrowed things down, I forgot he had like a top 15 or top 12 he released recently. But, you know, in a lot of the interviews he talks about, Rutgers is, is consistently in his top group with Ohio State, uh, Notre Dame, um, and there's, I'm missing one other school. I think Michigan State is also, you know, heavily in the mix with him as well. Uh, but, you know, I think he sees immediate playing time at Rutgers because obviously – they got a lot of freshmen they just signed. You know, the, the transfers don't have that much eligibility left. So there's opportunity to come in and to play right away if, if he, you know, can be that type of guy. Um, and they've done a really good job with, you know, once again, um, you know, uh, Augie Hoffman uh, involved in that recruitment being a guy that he probably knew Chase from when he was a high school coach because they, they, you know, they're recruiting a lot of those same guys in that league. Nunzio Campanile, being a former coach of Don Bosco, being involved. Uh, Chase has spoken highly of the relationship he's built with both Scott Vallone and Andy Ulrich, and then uh, with Coach Shiano making him a priority. You know, I think he he's a guy that, you know, he really appreciates the love that he gets from schools, and, and Rutgers has been definitely showing him that he is a priority for them. And, and, you know, Sean, staying on the offensive line, I guess it's it's such a huge topic of conversation because of, you know, how much has been lacking in the last few years. And, and you really saw a heavy movement with the transfer portal. I mean, bringing in four guys, um, you know, the latest one, Willie Tyler, came in before with uh, J.R.J.D. Uh, I always confuse it. Uh, J.D. J.D. DiRenzo, you know, that alliteration gets me. <laughs> and Schiafani from uh, Colorado State and also um, Curtis Dunlap, who was going to commit to Texas. Uh, things didn't pan out and he, he chose Rutgers. You know, he has starting experience at Minnesota. Um, you could see a starting line featuring at least three transfers this year. I mean, uh, I, I want to touch on uh, Dorenzo because he's from the state. I mean, do you remember him from recruiting and, and what, what is Rutgers getting here in, in him? You know, he had a stellar career at Sacred Heart, but it's a big bump to jump up into the Big Ten. Yeah, actually, you know, and we, we with how crazy recruiting is now, 
there are interviews that I forgot I did that I, I need to get up. Uh, but I did have a conversation with Rutgers alum and co-owner of Pro Edge, uh, Sami McDonald, who worked with mm-hmm. uh, with JD when he was a high school recruit. And, mm-hmm. you know, you obviously seen St. Joe the Hamilton play. That is a team that relies on the run. Um, they're going to run it down your throat. They've, they've, you know, gotten more modern in recent in recent years offensively. Uh, but, you know, they're, they're known for that that powerlifting program as well. So J.D. was a guy who came up through that program. You know, he was always a great run blocker. That was never an issue. He had size, but because of that offense, you never really got a chance to see how, how well of a pass blocker he could be. And, you know, schools, you know, they may not want to take a chance on that or think a guy is not developed um, and they'll go to a player who's more advanced. So, you know, he, he had a few, um, I think, smaller uh, group of five offers, you know, ended up at Sacred Heart. And he developed um, as a pass blocker at Sacred Heart. And, the you know, he obviously continued to get stronger. The mentality and aggression as a run blocker was was already built in from his time in high school. So as he developed as a pass blocker, he just became a better overall offensive lineman and being at a place like Sacred Heart, you know, allowed him to develop at a slower pace versus a bigger school. You know, he was was a multiple time all leaguer there and all American at that level. Uh, so, you know, and, and the feeling is he was a hidden gem when you look back uh, at his high school recruitment. Um, you know, so it's Rutgers obviously knows that school well, uh, did their due diligence in, in recruiting him. Um, and, and, you know, the feeling is, he, you know, even speaking to JD, he, you know, he's not set on one to play tackle. He, he understands that he can, you know, diversify his portfolio to get to the NFL by also showing the ability to play inside. And his skill set uh, lends itself to be someone that can really move people in the interior. Uh, so it's a, uh, a good get for Rutgers. Uh, he brings an experienced guy, and he even mentioned to me that they expect him to come in and help set the tone in the locker room because you have all these younger offensive linemen that are really talented, but they need they need to learn the college game. So he'll be expected to contribute right away um, in, in that first five, but also to help mentor the younger guys that are, that are rolling in the program now. Yeah, and, you know, there's 24 anticipated to be on or expected to be on scholarship this summer. You know that number is going to drop, so there's probably going to be uh, probably approximately seven more transfers. So, um, you know, we'll keep an eye on that for everybody. But um, do you like to move through the transfer portal? I mean, it's it, it's almost a necessity, but, I mean, you get guys. Willie Tyler has starting experience. Dorenzo has it. Dunlap has it. I mean, these guys could anchor the offensive line. I mean, it's I know we can't really gauge. Everybody wants to call these classes and these transfers a success after you get the commitments. But I always say it's really, you know, wait and see because you don't know how they're going to perform on the field. But, you know, looking ahead, it seems like th- th- this was an off season success I, I would you say that's an accurate statement yeah definitely I mean the, the priority was to to get more experience up front you know as you know they played like, they played a lot of young guys last year on the offensive line uh converting players from defensive line to you know to to fill in and start immediately and, and they did show some flashes but you know the offensive line position guys need time to develop so this 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 works both ways. You bring in these three or four. If if uh, Sifani, you know, somehow finds his way in the starting lineup as well, because he played a lot in the back half of the year for Colorado State. Uh, if, if these guys come in able to get starting positions, um, you know, you get more experience up front. 
but also you allow the younger guys some time to maybe watch, work their way in, um, and then just build to the building the talent in the room uh, with with the the seven guys that are coming in this class as well. And you talk about a guy like Dunlap. He was a honorable mention Big Ten guy at Minnesota. So you you see he can do it. You know, it's a matter of, you know, if if he's healthy and, and back to form, you know, so that's that's almost like a sure thing in many ways if, if everything clicks, right? He the the proof of concept is is the closest with him because he's done it in the conference. Uh, you know, a guy like Tyler. Great size, um, played really well at Louisiana Monroe, was committed to Syracuse before that um, and had a lot of, of, of bigger schools recruiting him as well. You know, and these are these are all guys that were desirable in the portal in the portal. Um, you know, so it's it's a good move for them. You know, we, we haven't even touched on the, the Taj Harris and the Sean Ryan commitments to get more experience mm-hmm. out wide as well. So. And, and, you know, we can segue into that, you know, um, also a position of need wide receiver, especially with Bo Melton leaving, you know, Rutgers most prolific receiver since Leonte Carew, you know, his 55 catches last year were the most since the 2014 season. Hard to believe he went that long without that many catches from a wide receiver. Um, You know, you bring in Sean Ryan. I I know you know him. He played at Erasmus, uh, started at Temple, went to West Virginia, entered the transfer portal. Now he's at Rutgers. And also, uh, you know, bringing in Taj Harris. He's a local guy uh, or in-state guy, I should say, um, from Palmyra, played at Syracuse. Um, You know, those two guys, could they factor in right away? I mean, are these guys that could be those those, uh, you know, game changers, so to speak, that, that Rutgers is looking for at the position? Yeah, I mean, definitely Harris has, you know, he he has number one potential. Um, you know, he showed it at Syracuse. He showed the big play potential at Syracuse as well. Um, you know, so you, you bring a guy like that and they want to try to hit big plays in the passing game. Um, and you, you mentioned losing Bo Melton, who is trending towards being NFL draft picks, had a strong offseason. You plug Harris in that you know, is bring some additional benefits that that weren't in Melton's game. Uh, and then Ryan, he, he looks like he projects to be a, a really strong number two. You know, he, he contributed every year. You know, he was a guy who played day one at Temple, transferred West Virginia, contributed every year. Um, and I know at West Virginia, they were playing a lot of receivers. So he, he really wanted to go somewhere where he would be able to, you know, see more reps, uh, as he, same thing, you know, that was the thing with Ryan's recruitment and, and talking to people in Brooklyn. Um, a lot of people automatically assume Rutgers would be a no brainer because of all the obvious harassment hall ties. But for him, you know, he thought it was really important to go somewhere where he felt confident that they would able be able to get him the ball so he can showcase himself the best. Um, and, you know, he saw that. Rutgers was building the offensive line with the the transfer commitments, uh, and then obviously just a lot of the praise uh, behind the walls of the of the, of the Hale Center for the work that Gavin Wimsat has been putting together and him trending towards being the guy next year. So they were able to sell him on the fact that hey, you know, we're putting together a strong offense. You'll you get a chance to to be a guy right away. Um, we can get you the ball. You can make an impact. Uh, and obviously all the people he knows in the program speaking to the culture that that Greg Shiano built in his second stint. And, you know, interestingly enough, um, staying on the transfer topic, you have Aaron Cruikshank of Erasmus as well. You know, who's going to return as, as one of Rutgers top receivers. And you have Josh Youngblood, a former Kansas State wide receiver. Uh, these guys are going to to help out in the passing game and you could conceivably have four 
transfers. Um, you know, your top four receivers could be transfer players on the offensive line. You could see three to four starters, uh, you know, as transfers. I mean, this is kind of the norm. What would we see? I mean, even a tight end, you have a guy like Madalamo who came in as a transfer. I mean, th- this could be an almost an entire offense full of guys who didn't start their careers at Rutgers. Exactly. And if, if Rutgers can close out uh, Steven uh, Stiliano from Lafayette at tight end, you know, who, who's, you know, between Rutgers, Virginia and Iowa at this point, then, yeah, you're you're basically looking at a, a brand new front. Um, you know, it, it, when actually you think about it, the Rutgers offense could look completely different. Um, a possibly new starting tight end, maybe three, four guys starting up front on the O-line, new starting quarterback. You know, they'll they'll be a different guy because Pacheco's gone. They'll be a different guy getting those first carries at, at running back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, that yeah. offense is is probably going to look completely different than what it looked like in 2021. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's going to be a, a fun spring practice to watch. I mean, it's, it, and it's right around the corner, Sean. Spring game, April 21st. We don't have a start date yet, but I'll be out there for spring ball. And it's probably, you know, it's probably going to be a little cold. Uh, you know, hopefully the weather warms up a little bit. I've been stuck in the house eating eating too much in the winter, Sean. I don't know how you've been. I ate something the other day called a brookie. It was half brownie, half cookie. I said, man, maybe it is time to get outside. I don't know. What do you think? I'm actually down five pounds. I'm trying to make some, I'm trying to make some lifestyle changes. You know, I'm yeah. drinking these uh, daily harvest smoothies in the morning. Uh, I have one that was disgusting, but it's good for me. Oh uh, yes, yeah, so I'm uh-huh. down five. You know, the the, the stomach feels a little tight right now, so I'm I'm trending in the right direction. <laughs> That's good. That's good. You you might be bumped to a four star. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and speaking of that, uh, I'm sorry, I just digress sometimes. Um, you know, the warmer weather, the last one I want to ask you about, warmer weather, um, Florida. First thing you think of, Rutgers is really making a push down into the Sunshine State again. We didn't see a lot of offers going out to South Florida like we did Greg Shiano's first time around. It was more the Tampa area. That's changed recently. You started, you're starting to see a movement more towards back towards Miami, Fort Lauderdale. As you know, you know Greg Shiano was a D.C. at Miami before he came to Rutgers the first time around. So um, those roots are still there. I think a lot of the coaches have changed, but it looks like there's there's an effort to really get back into the state of Florida. Are, are you seeing that kind of being a trend in this recruiting class of 2023? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, the, the reality is that um, all the efforts obviously start close to home um, and then they'll branch out as they need to. But like you mentioned in, in Shiano's previous stint, um, they they built it from, from South Florida until they could really, you know, get some headway in closer to home. Uh, but you, you see it in this class, the amount of skill position players that have been offered in South Florida already, because it's it's just not as strong of a class here in New Jersey. I mean, maybe I can see it. It's a, a case where they're they're patient. Obviously, they they're not going to throw offers out in New Jersey like candy. Uh, if they're going to offer a local guy, they want to make sure that they want them. Um, there's some interesting skill guys that they're taking a look at. They've had a lot of guys on campus um, in January, but they've they've held off on offers, you know, and they're they're heavily invested in Florida. And they've had a lot of guys up, you know, when you think about uh, the top four receivers they've offered, or, you know, four of the top five they've offered in Florida had already been up to campus in January. You know, Andy Jean actually was up, but then he's already committed to Miami. Um, I think the one that the the fans hear the most about and they're probably most excited about is uh, Hakeem Williams, who 
was going to make a fourth visit to campus before the snowstorm got him uh, last weekend or two weekends ago. You know, but they mm-hmm. invested a lot into Florida. Uh, you know, obviously, Shiano has strong ties down there. Fran Brown uh, has really developed strong ties down there from his previous stops. And before he left, uh, Taekwon Underwood was starting to get his feet wet uh, down in South Florida, handling that area and, and connecting with guys down there. So it's it's a priority. They, you know, getting the guys to campus is always the, the biggest sign of interest. And they've been doing that. They're going to have to keep working because a lot of these uh, blue bloods are on these the receivers. Um, you know, Bryson Rogers is another one, but they're, they're in the mix heavily with them. So. Well, there you have it, Sean. Any closing thoughts, anything we didn't touch on that, that, that might be worthwhile for our listeners? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we, we talked about the, uh, you know, the whole offense looking different, uh, you know, mm-hmm. same thing with uh, the Rutgers coaching staff. And, and oh, it's, yeah. it's looking it's a it's a, you know, a brand new day, uh, a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of new names. Um, obviously, I think we touched on the Marquise Watson hire in, in a recent podcast, but, you know, bringing uh, uh, Joe uh, Harsimiak from Minnesota, bringing him back to Jersey. The most recent addition, Corey Heatherman, who recruited the state pretty well when he was at Maine. And James Madison doesn't really touch New Jersey that much, but they they do play around the DMV. Uh, he was, you know, pretty well known for his coaching efforts there. James Madison being mm-hmm. a power at the FCS level, they're transitioning to a group of five now. And then Damir Shaw, who we had been rumoring uh, for, for weeks that he was going to be on the coaching staff in some capacity. And um, it, it kind of worked out. We had been hearing he was going to be like a cornerback's coach. He would work under Fran Brown. Uh, but most of his coaching experience has been with wide receivers. You know, he, he was a QC guy at Baylor. He was actually the assistant wide receivers coach for the Carolina Panthers before he came to Rutgers, you know? So I think, he's in a more comfortable spot for himself uh, coaching wide receivers now. And um, while Taquan Underwood has the NFL experience to lean on, he doesn't have as much coaching experience at the position as Damir Shaw. So that, you know, you, you may see uh, a greater improvement from the wide receiver room. And from all accounts, you know, looking at what the players posted, the, the word around the program, they're really excited to, to get Shaw in a position where he could be more impactful. And you even see on the recruiting trail, he was handling uh, Adam Shire's territory in Northern Maryland, also getting some of Albany Hoffman's territory in, in like the DMV Washington area. And recruits we spoke with, coaches we spoke with, seem to be really receptive uh, to what he's done thus far uh, on the recruiting trail. Yeah, and it should make for an intriguing uh, 2022 season. Um, like you said, it's going to be such a different look. We'll be having uh, daily reports from spring practice. Um, well, I shouldn't say daily because they, they don't go every day. It's every other day. But but I'll be there on the sidelines and uh, really taking a look at these guys, interested to see how they mesh, how these guys blend together because you, you have a lot of new talent. It should be an exciting year for Rutgers. So, um, Sean, I want to thank you again for all the valuable insight. Um, always a pleasure and um you know you can you can message sean or, or ask him questions on our vip premium message board the round table we're there on 24 7 sports 24 7 sometimes we're up in the middle of the night doing stuff right <laughs> sean and, and i have become night owls in our in our older years or can we say older years i don't know can we say yeah, that yeah i mean you know we're not that old you know we, yeah i mean you know we're we're not spring chickens anymore but, right you know, 
Well, not that. I mean, you you, drive, you, you were just defending a 20-year-old guy in the basketball game the other day. You know, uh, so Shut him you, down. You, shut you, that you, kid you, down. You need to be a four-star basketball guy. You know, so. <laughs> I, you know, I played well, and I can't walk the next day. <laughs> so. Defense, defense is soccer, man. Defense is soccer. Defense. Well, Sean, again, always a pleasure. And um, we'll see you uh, every day on our 24-7 sports. Subscribe uh, to uh, For Sean Brown, I'm Bobby Duran. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.